Welcome to Movie Ministry. We talk pop culture entertainment and how it relates to the teachings of Jesus. Whether movies, TV, or streaming, we talk about it. And I am your movie minister, R.S. Buckner. I am a Christian husband, father, pastor, designer, and nerd. And the topic for today is uh, Loki, uh, the Disney Plus uh, series, uh, wrapped up a couple weeks ago. I am late to joining and talking about this um again most of you guys know i am a, a pastor minister out in uh, philadelphia and you know you know this is a try to get to these podcasts when i can get get a chance and even right now i'm recording this at like four in the morning while the family is still asleep uh so yes i'm a little late to this um again if you're new here we're gonna do some uh, a bunch of spoiler discussion so if you haven't watched the series you can go back please watch it if you are like you don't really care then you can stick around um i will try to explain as much as possible uh and and we're going to switch to a different format i'll explain what that means later but this is not your average spoiler discussion we're not going to talk much about uh the series and an artistic uh, film type of way we are uh, looking and breaking down these clips and characters and, and themes and motivations through the lens of Jesus and his teachings and like I said we're gonna switch up the format a little bit it's gonna be less structure I know in the past if you have been listening and following we've talked about uh, like forbidden fruit and come to Jesus moments and breaking them down uh, in a very structured way um, we're going to switch that up. It's going to be more unscripted discussion, uh, focusing on big ideas and, and talking around those ideas. I'll still have kind of at the end, my own personal revelation, what I got out kind of a, a summary uh, of the whole series and, um, you know, still do that to, to add in, but I wanted to be more unscripted. A couple of reasons. One, uh, it's a little, it's easier for me to get these, uh, episodes out, these, these podcast episodes out and not have to put a lot of work. I mean, I put a lot of work in and and producing and trying to to get it going and thinking through these ideas as I'm watching these shows throughout my week and all the other things that I have to do, but it does encourage uh, me and and I'm able to get them out quicker and, and not have to worry about agonizing over a certain script or really trying to fit uh, certain things into a nice, neat bin. Um, and, and some of you who write sermons or give speeches or organize things you you can understand that uh so this is going to be a little bit more unscripted more of a discussion uh thoughts and ideas in my head getting the big ideas that i got out of it and um more of a, a review that way and again so i can get more um episodes out to you um and then and then the other reason it, it's it's a lot more um i would say uh uh, it's a lot more easygoing for for me to to just talk right uh, off uh, the dome. So maybe it makes it better. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, we'll see. So so that's going to be our, our new 
format. Again, like I said, we'll still talk about kind of what's my first impressions, things that I that I got out of it. But mainly, we're gonna talk about the big ideas and just talk around uh, scenes and and and, it's, and this is gonna review the whole season. We'll talk about around different scenes and characters. We may focus on one character to move over to another one. Again, it's not gonna be as clean and cut. So with that. Uh, we'll just kick off and we'll talk about just my first impressions. Okay, so my first impressions of the series. And again, if you haven't seen it, you got to go back and see it. It focuses on the character Loki uh, that we find in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he's kind of throughout uh, the different movies. I think he pops in uh, the, the Thor movie that came out. Uh, I don't know. You check the date yourself. That came out and you kind of follow him all the way through. They take, uh, if you saw Endgame, there was a scene in the uh, the movie Endgame when they go back in time to try to uh, collect these Infinity Stones. And when they go back to the attack on New York, I think uh, in the Avengers film in 2013, I believe it 2012 or 2013. And, and they kind of mess up in that version of Loki in that time frame gets a hold of one of the Infinity Stones and hops out of that timeline. And this show takes place during that timeline. And if I, if I've confused you, this is going to be a long episode for you. Please do, do your homework and where you can to try to catch up. Uh, I know the series has been very confusing for most people. But in this Loki series, we get a an older version of Loki back in 2012 versus the version we got in game that spoiler alert died in in game and um much mature have changed and all those things we'll talk about uh that in a little bit but overall i thought the series was was really fun uh incredibly fun marvel getting really weird uh you know we're we're introducing time in a way that really gets nutty and and, and really confusing this is one of those Marvel series, I really had to pay attention. I could not watch passively or be doing something else. I had to be locked in. And uh, my wife is always the uh, test audience of, of are they getting all the things for someone who's not into the comic book world? I'm a big Star Wars fan, if you've been listening to these podcasts, who's not into that, you know, the fantasy sci-fi genre uh, she's only in there because of her love for me, which I appreciate. Love, love my wife. And so when she sat down and watched it, she's like, I'm confused, right? This is probably the first Marvel series. She's like, I, I don't, this is more homework for me than actual fun, you know? Uh, and, and that's fine. I mean, th th they're really getting into the weeds. I hope they don't alienate a lot of people, uh, of it. Um, but Marvel is at this place where they've, they've really made their money. They've made their stamps. They can do whatever they want to do. They've earned this. And it's almost like, uh, I liken it to Christopher Nolan. And if you, if you know who he is and watch any of his films, he has got, <laughs> he's got progressively, uh, weird in terms of pushing, uh, the envelope of, of what he wants to do in a film and really doesn't care for the audience coming along or not. Uh, I'm sure he's wanting people to understand to a degree, but he does not lower the bar for the audience. And he's like, you need to you need to come follow me and what I'm doing in my film and, and really work hard to stay in a storyline. 
it's like ever since after inception it's gotten he's pushing it and so um marvel's marvel's not getting way there uh you know tenants the last christopher nolan film i saw and i i was thoroughly confused in that film but marvel's not there yet maybe they will get there who knows but but it is Marvel getting weird and, and and really pushing the elements of time, jumping into some pretty beefy, nerdy storylines within the comic book runs. And so I hope people are understanding. I, I'm 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 on the outside looking in. I, I am I am a uh, fake geek. Uh, <laughs> now, when it comes to Star Wars, I, I, I'm in that geek culture. But when it comes to most uh, mostly from Marvel and DC. I'm, I am a, a uh, I am not qualified. Uh, I watch a lot of things, uh, whether YouTube videos or listen to podcasts of people who are nerdy. Uh, I follow different people, you know, and social media. And so I can pick up things. I'm smart enough to pick up things. And, and you listen to enough, uh, you know, any type of, of studying that you do. When you study enough, certain things and patterns will pop out. And I, and I love diving into things and just really consuming it. And so patterns will pop out and I can say, oh, okay, people have mentioned this type of comic book run enough. And so I'm getting familiar with this type of comic book run. Uh, I, wish I, I, I wish I got into comic books more in the 90s, late 80s, uh, early 90s, but I didn't. Uh, I love the artwork and so I would get comic book issues just for the artwork, but I didn't really read and get into the stories. And I wish I did because I would have loved it. Um, so again, when it comes to comic books, in that whole genre, I'm not, I'm not really in it, but I'm not like, I don't know what's going on. Again, like I said, I, I do enough of my homework to understand and then navigate my way through, but I couldn't teach anybody it. So, um, but Marvel is getting to a place where I really had to work to try to follow along, and uh, and usually, obviously, this stuff comes a little bit more easy, uh, even though I'm not deep in the weeds. But there's a lot of great possibilities. I think when you're talking about time, you really get into a place where you can go anywhere and I'm excited to see what they could do with what they're opening up from the series. So there's just a lot, lot there. You know, some episodes didn't hit as hard as I want them to. I think if I'm ranking the different shows, um, I still like WandaVision and, and, I, and that, that, you know, review slash um, episode is coming. I, th- there's some things I want to think, through with that and that's going to be more of taking my time to get that out um i will be getting um marvel's black widow which i surprisingly really loved even though i didn't get a whole lot of uh critic acclaim um i will be talking about that um soon hopefully i can record that soon here um but yeah some episodes didn't hit as much as i wanted to i still love wandavision uh as probably my best of the marvel shows that's come out uh, as a whole but I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I thought the production value was fantastic on this. So, but but there's some, but really there's a lot of big ideas that I loved, absolutely loved that they were touching upon in a visual way, especially for me as I'm um, gearing up for different lessons and series for our congregation, local congregation. This show gave me so many visual elements to play with uh, and to use in my sermons. That I that I, I do want to talk about. So let, let's get to those those big ideas. We'll unpack. We'll, we're just gonna have again this open discussion. Hopefully, hopefully you can follow along, and and it helps you connect. Again, the purpose of this really help you connect to your faith. 
from from the shows and content that you love to watch. And so hopefully this can help you dig deeper in some of those questions. It's not going to be as scripture heavy as some of the past uh, episodes has been. Uh, I just wanted to get this out. It's been some time and, and before the, the fall just really topples uh, upon me, uh, I wanted to, to get this out. So let's hop into those big ideas. Okay, so when we're talking about big ideas, some of the things that that jot down, jot down a ton of notes in watching um, these episodes and during the season. And um, first one, which is pretty big, is this idea of predestination versus free will. And most all of the interviews, they talked about this, and, and, it, and it took on this kind of religious nature and tone. And this idea of predestination versus free will is dominant throughout uh, the series. Um, and it, within the religious world and a theological standpoint, that, that's always a hotbed issue where people land on that uh, from a Calvinist perspective um, in terms of um, predestination or, um, you know, that, that type of view versus more of um, a different view. Uh, I, I come from Church of Christ. Uh, background um and you know you get an other side of it uh in terms of of advocating um for free will and so uh you know you have your different views and you go back and forth when when debating that and people could debate that but all it is in terms of predestination if you're not familiar with those terms is predetermining outcomes uh it's already being preset of decisions and things that you make now there's a lot of things folded into that of types of predestination not gonna get into all that frankly um but but i think those are some big ideas uh and and again this is going to be in the most simplest form again for us to discuss the show for one not to get too caught up into the weeds and then a lot of this episode is for 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 people who are not familiar with the faith i think i talked a lot about that in the front end to be able to view um uh, or to be able to love these shows, come in and not really understand Christianity, hear me talk about this, hopefully help someone who doesn't understand Christianity understand it better. And so um, so we won't get into the weeds of a lot of these things for those of you who really want to get theological. But in this idea of predestination versus free will, it made me think of Judas. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar with Judas, he was one of the 12 disciples, uh, the one who had betrayed Jesus. And it, and I have always felt this thought of, man, the, the Judas really have a choice in that. You you if if Jesus saying one of you would betray me, all roads point to Judas. Uh, and, and this was prophesied back in the Old Testament and certain scriptures. Then you're like, man, um, wow, did 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 he even have a chance? Was he was he doomed at birth? And and that's something I've always bad around in my own mind and i'm like wow i feel for judas right um since then i've had some dis- my own ideas ab- about that um 
I, I just recently did a, a, a sermon for our congregation on this idea of, of really all of them betrayed Jesus uh, that night. They all fled. Um, again, obviously, 11 came back. Judas took his own life. And so you, you definitely see, see that. But could it be someone different? Could it have been Peter? Could it have been Andrew? Could it have been Bartholomew, good old Bart? Like, could it could have been someone else who could have betrayed Jesus? That that has been a question. That has been something I have thought of. And like I said, recently preaching that sermon, they really all betrayed him. Um, I have my own kind of theories. Uh, I don't think they're, you know, theologically grounded. Not that I'm adding to scripture, but, you know, I, I think that prophecy was thrown out to say that someone was going to betray him, right? Um, again, as far as my study, the name isn't specifically called out in Old Testament prophecy. Um, Jesus calls it out specifically in the, the scriptures. And as the men wrote it down, we see that, but we don't see the name Judas being specifically called out in the Old Testament, which again, my, my own, you know, crackpot theory is that it was, uh, you know, those prophecies could be these blanket statements of someone's going to betray him, right? Um, and, and Satan, or the, you know, has tried to influence and persuade one of them, and it happened to be Judas. Um, again, that, that's a theory I wouldn't say, again, that's theologically grounded, go run with that, but that's my own personal theory, so take it what you will. But this idea of predestination versus free will, idea of do I have agency over my own choices, or did God already predetermine from from more of a Christian, Judeo-Christian background of thought, am I predetermined already to do X, right? Uh, can I be held responsible for any of my decisions that, that I make if, if it's all been predetermined? Or do I have free will? Do I have that ability to, to make the choices and decisions that I want to make? And so it, it, it's the tale as old as time, right? I mean, it, it's, it has been that kind of back and forth and, and that toss and, and, and uh, pull and push and pull type things. And then within the show, they cover that, right? The idea of these variants where when you make a swerve from the original intended timeline, you create a variant, a... a branch in the timeline that shouldn't be there and so you get that idea of all right you know this this we're we're going off script and and then you have uh, these timekeepers we'll get to them in a second who come in um and and have these different have this whole tva agency that's trying to keep the timeline in order and so they'll chase down these variants delete them basically and uh, to keep the sacred timeline uh, in order. And again, you, you have that idea of, of 
No, it, the timeline has been predetermined already. We can't have any free will choices. And people, you know, there's a certain group of people that believe that that God does that as he goes through and prunes, um, in a sense, the timeline for what he wants, and there is no um, free will. Again, I have my own uh, thoughts on that, but but that was something as, as a big idea is very intriguing for me, and maybe maybe I can take a deep dive in a later um, podcast episode, which, which I do, because uh, there's a lot there to unpack with the whole idea of predestination and free will. But yeah, I thought that was very, very intriguing for me when I thought of that. Like, wow, like this whole idea of just the variance um, in, in, in a different way. I, I saw it not so much. I, I got into the predestination and free will um, place, but I did get into the in this topic of predestin, predestination and free will, but more so repentance. And am I the best version of me? that I'm presenting? Am I um, holding to what the Bible teaches and and changing the idea of repentance the Bible talks about, of, of, of turning away, repenting, uh, completely going the opposite direction of an intended direction where your sinful nature, everyone's born with a sinful nature, wants to take you, right? Obviously, it's away from God. Um, it's the sinful nature. And so in repentance, you're, you're constantly going against that nature. Your nature wants to pull you one way, right? Uh, a certain timeline one way, but you're constantly fighting to break away from that intended destination, that predestination, right? Be determined uh, place to go somewhere else. Um, repenting and, and turning away from that, um, which... For me, it was really cool because I thought of these variants of because, you know, Loki had these multiple variants. They had different personalities, different lives they lived, different choices that they've made, all kinds of things. Right. And I thought of for myself, like when I change and repent, I become a different version of Richard that God intends and wants versus what Satan intends and wants. Right. Uh, versus where my sinful nature's taking me. And and I thought of, man, am I the best variant? Am I the best version of me that God hopes for, that God has given me his word to become? And I hope I am. I hope over the, the past 20 some odd years of being a Christian, I've made the right choices that some you know, again, 20 plus years of being a Christian, I made choices to repent and change to become a better version of me, the best version of Richard that God has vision for, right? Not not, not the best version of whatever pastor or minister of our congregation, uh, me trying to imitate. No, I'm being the best version that God has intended. Um, again, being like Jesus, I'm not going to be Jesus, but I can be like him. And and so that that was kind of cool to me, that idea of a bunch of uh, Richard variants running around, right? Uh, in some parallel universe, uh, there's a Richard who didn't repent, who didn't become a Christian. Um, there's a Richard who maybe became a Christian, but then left the faith, right? Or a Richard who, um, you know, became a Christian and just made different choices, um, 
and then then you know then there's me and i hope i hope that this variant uh you know this version of me is closer to um what what god intends and, and again we'll, we'll get into more of, of that sacred timeline and, and sovereignty and all that in a little bit but in the, in in the show you have these characters loki and sophie and and uh i just love more so loki than sophie uh, nothing against the the you know the character of sophie but i love the the journey that that um the loki we find and that can at 2012 pop pops in and this is just this journey that he goes through of finding out that he's a variant finding out that he's popped out of this this sacred timeline and then deciding for himself what kind of loki is he going to be um is he going to be the you know stereotypical loki or is he going to start making choices for himself and come to his own revelations his own decisions for his life and i think it speaks so much to christianity it's so much right uh, of our faith right i mean again like i just mentioned what kind of richard am i going to be before god what kind of richard am i going to be uh in this life that i'm living as richard who in the front of this podcast and every podcast i'm a christian husband my father my pastor i'm a designer i'm a nerd right like what kind of richard am i going to be for my family for my faith for my ministry for my career, uh, for you know, just having fun and pastime, right? Am, am I gonna? Am I going to use my life uh, and follow my sinful nature and different desires and temptations, and so take me on a branch of this timeline I'm on to a path that God doesn't desire, or am I going to live for Him? denying myself luke 9 right 23 am i going to deny myself and stay on a timeline that god wants me on right it's it's um romans i believe romans 8 talks a lot about that you know living for the spirit versus the sinful nature and i see those as two branch timelines uh the living by the spirit is on one timeline and living according to the nature is on another timeline and we've got to choose and, and in our decisions, we create the version of us that God desires versus, versus the version of us that pulls us away from God and wanders away from him. And I love Loki's journey in the season of him choosing to be a different version than what the stereotypical Loki turns out to be. Now, doesn't mean that he's devoid of all the ingredients that makes a Loki a Loki. Uh, the same way I'm not, uh, I can't avoid the ingredients and character flaws and all the things wrapped in to make Richard a Richard. But I can make choices based on God's word to be some, something and someone better. And that that's something that stood out to me as a big idea. Okay, wow, that's all one big idea. Uh, the second big idea is this idea of sovereignty, you know, supreme power and authority. Now, this was really um juicy to 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 dive into this world of the TVA the time variance authority this this basically DMV type uh bureaucracy set up to <laughs> to keep things in order right and these timekeepers these overlords right they they have sovereignty over the sacred timeline you get this quick orientation video uh and I love the art art 
direction in this video. Uh, it, it plays out like a video you'll watch. Uh, I used to watch these like really ridiculous videos in high school back in the day of, you know, driver's ed, right? Um, so you, you get, in a sense, a driver's ed video for these like all world intergalactic things that are happening uh, within this, you know, TVA world. And so uh, you, you get this idea that there is supreme authority and power that they have. And in, 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 I think the opening, either opening scene, one or two episodes in, you get this part where Loki's running through the TVA and he, and he's, and he's like trying to discover what this place is. He's bewildered. He's trying to escape. And then he gets to this place, basically in this office space where, you know, people are working like in the, you know, not quite cubicles, but at their desk. And he runs into one of the workers and, and, um, he opens up the, the desk drawer and there's all these infinity stones in there. And it's crazy, right? Like we just went through, you know, 15 some odd years or, or so, uh, I think it was since, uh, 2008 of, of the whole Marvel cinematic cinematic universe dealing with these infinity stones. I mean, we saw characters die because of these affinity stones. These affinity stones was the whole storyline to this whole world that they've been building for like 10 plus years. And right in the beginning of the series, these, you know, all world, amazing, powerful infinity stones are paperweights in the TVA. Like they're, they're worth nothing to them. I mean, you know, he opens the drawer and it's like grabbing a paperclip to, to to put some documents together. Four Infinity Stones. And, and it dawns on Loki. He's like, what in the world have I come up against? This is this has got to be the most. And, and he has a similar quote of, you know, the, the, this is like the most powerful entity in the universe. And, and so I, I thought of that, this idea of sovereignty and. This speaks a lot through scripture, this idea of God's sovereignty, that he is the supreme power in the universe um, that the Bible describes and teaches. He is the one with, with all of the authority, which is really cool because in Matthew 28, Jesus makes that connection for that that authority has been given uh, to him, which again shows his uh, divinity and connection to divinity, which is kind of a cool side note. But this TVA, like this, this is, I mean, if Infinity Stones, where Thanos had a hard time putting on the glove and, and, and sapping his power and it like nearly, you know, in one of the films when Hulk did it, almost fried his arm, it killed Tony Stark, spoilers alert, when he did it, it's a paperweight in this offbeat, you know, office space from an average unknown office worker doesn't even know who, what fish are you know like crazy right wow what supreme authority and i think about that where scripture off the top of my head i'll um have to look for it where it talks about how the earth is is god's footstool right like um just giving imagery uh not not that the earth is it, god doesn't care for but but the the author is giving this imagery of of the uh, magnificence that is God, that that the earth is merely a footstool to this amazing 
creator, this this all knowing, um, omnipotent, uh, amazing uh, creator. And so it just gives you this idea of of the magnitude of who we come up against, the magnitude of who God is, and and that that verse is Isaiah sixty six. Uh, one where it says, uh, this is what the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you'll build for me? Where is my resting? Where will my resting place be? I mean, this is God saying like, like really, you're going to, you're going to build me an altar, right? Which I think is really cool about God. Like, He's like, I'm not like these other gods. You can build, you know, th- these people build these shrines to these guys. What are you going to build for me? The earth is my footstool. So it, it just gives you perspective. No, no, whatever building you can build on earth, no matter how great, how tall, how massive it is, will never contain me. And so God has supreme authority and power. He is sovereign, right? And so, again, this big idea about the TVA kept running through, especially if you watch the series through, you get to the end where, where they have this character called He Who Remains. And, and again, you get that sense of just incredible amount of power this one character has when uh, Sophie and Loki run into our main kind of baddie, which which kind of, you know, Marvel has alluded to may be the, the next kind of Thanos. But when they run into the, the actor who plays He Who Remains, John, Jonathan Majors, I mean, he, he seems like this, like, guy who works at, like, Best Buy, right? He's, like, on the geek squad. Uh, but yet he holds its a, incredible amount of power of managing the timeline of timelines in all of the universe. I mean, so that that that's crazy amount of power that he has he he knew every move that uh loki and sophie would do and so they could not kill him he he's uh he could not be defeated unless he wanted to and that was kind of cool seeing that talking about this uh idea of sovereignty but giving up that sovereignty um for a cause right in the last episode you see he who remains who who gives up his life and submits himself to Sophie to be killed, right? It wasn't like he was vulnerable uh, in a place and he couldn't overpower her. He allowed her to kill him because, you know, you get the sense that he was tired of doing what he was doing. And um, But I think there was more behind that uh, than we think. And hopefully, you know, season two kicks off and Loki at some point in the future will find out what that plan was or maybe revealed in some of these other movies. But but I love that scene because it reminded me of God sending Jesus uh, to earth. And again, if you watch that film and maybe you're not a Christian and here's one of those kind of Christian parallels that, that ties that the same way that he who remains gives himself up uh, to be subjected to be killed which, again, he, he's a person that, I mean, if he didn't want to be killed, it wouldn't happen. He wouldn't even let them get close to him uh, because he knows everything. But he allowed that to happen to set off, the well, obviously give them a decision, and then set off uh, a series of events. And I just thought of, of God, right, allowing himself to become hum, human, be sent here, and allowing his human self to be killed by the very creation he created, and and it wasn't like Jesus was powerless to do anything, and 
and he succumbed. No, he he laid down his life is what uh, scripture teaches, that he set aside his life only to take it up again, right? He had the power to lay down his life and take it up again. He says that himself, uh, I believe in John. And so, wow, like there was so, I, I thought of that, that kind of uh, Christ-like uh, imagery uh, in that scene. Again, when we're talking about um, sovereignty. I mean, just really cool things, you know, as you, as you uh, dive into uh, the series. And, uh, you know, some other things I thought of, I thought of kind of this kind of anti-hero, hero's journey. And some of you guys know, um, I believe it's Joseph Candle, Campbell who came up with that theory of, of the hero's journey that every major movie uses. But I thought that was really cool to see this idea of the anti-hero's journey and seeing someone, again, we talked about earlier, like Loki, who is predestined to be the the one that, the, the stepping stone for the hero in this series chooses to go on this journey to actually be a hero, uh, to, to, to come alive, to awaken out of this state um, and this type of, of path that, that, again, what I present earlier, this idea, I would say that Loki's storyline typically is like the sinful nature. He chooses to, to go the way of the spirit um, in the series in terms of, of, of breaking away from his pattern to be someone different to come to realization of someone different. You know, some other ideas that, that um, big ideas that stick, stick out to me. I got a kind of like a, a Christmas story, kind of Charles Dickens feel um, as he, you know, mainly the first couple of episodes as, as Loki was taking a stroll through memory lane and, um, you know, seeing who he was in the past and really who, who he would be in the future, kind of, the, I think, the second to last episode when he met all these versions of himself, kind of gave him, a, a, you know, just like the Christmas story, you know, if you, the whole Scrooge, and, you know, he gets to see these versions of his life and different periods of the timeline um, that he was living. Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it helped inform him and, and mature him in, in a way. I think it was a really... I don't know, a very smart device to to bring uh, a Loki from 2012 up to speed in emotions and the maturity and all of that by showing his life from beginning to end. In that first couple of episodes, but even through the season, where he's able to see, constantly see versions of himself and really, like, I, like that's really dumb to respond that way, right? I thought... And that was very interesting. Like if I if I saw again going back to this idea of variants of myself, and am I the best version of myself? If I were to see like variants of myself and and the bad choices, I mean I can think back and look look in the history of my life and say, well, I can point out these bad choices up until today. But if I'm able to see them actually physically in the world and seeing like you know Bizarro Richard and, and making these really bad choices, it would even confirm my decisions even more to be different. And I thought that was kind of a cool out-of-body experience for Loki to see these different versions of himself make these bad decisions. You know, one version kills his brother, Thor. Another version's a, an alligator. I mean, like, really? Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, you, you see an older version that was on the run. Uh, you know, you see a very boastful, prideful version. Um, you see a version of him that's, completely like discount, you know, thrift shop Loki. I mean, it is hilarious. And then, and then, and then in some in earlier episodes, you see some other versions that they're shown to him uh, from uh, by Mobius, who 
plays one of the characters in here. So again, these are just really cool things that just batting around in my in my mind uh, of that stood out to me as some of those um, big ideas. Um, so again, there's just a lot more, but those are things that came to the top of my head. If you have some that I've missed, and I'm sure I have because you know I, I don't I don't you know I'm, I'm not I'm not controlling the the all-knowing timeline for insights out of the season uh one of loki but if you have some uh please uh tweet that you know uh, in the description would be our social media channels reach out to me uh let me know i'd love to hear uh from you all um of things that you've learned or things that stood out to you or maybe questions that you may have i think that that'd be great but i think those are really cool i think lastly i, I want to end with um you know, kind of personal revelation that I got out of uh, all of this and watching this show. That's one of those things that I look back and that really, I really think about uh, even to this day. And that, gosh, like gets me to, to ponder my own life. Ponder. Who uses the word ponder? Right. But ponder my own life. And uh, so let's get into that in terms of the, the personal um, revelation. You know, when we we're talking about personal revelation, what what keeps circling around in my mind is this idea of, like I mentioned earlier, this journey um, for the for my true self before God, right? Um, as a Christian, right? I mean, people who are not Christians they want to search for their purpose and search for who they are and and live their truth. You hear that that line a lot, which I really hate. You know, live your truth. I mean, really. What if your truth is not my truth and it's really not truth? I can I can say your truth is not true. That don't let me get into that. We talked about it earlier about uh, subjective truth and objective truth. So I hate that line. Live your truth, right? I'm rolling my eyes, right? Uh, you can't see it, but it is. I think for the Christian, is am I living the life that God desires for me to live? Um, am I again being um, the best version? And it's not not a works mentality, but but living the, the 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 version that God wants for me to live, right? The the best that that Richard could be before God, um, that I'm giving him my best. There's this idea of of giving God our best, and again, not in a, in a works mentality, stems all the way back to to the Garden of Eden with Cain and Abel. Am I giving God my best? Am I offering him um, my first fruits? And, and that theme uh, is stemmed all the way through sacrifices from the tabernacle to the temple to even now um, where Paul in Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 talks about we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Am I giving God my best on this search and journey of the best version of Richard. And and that only can come about through following his word, right? That only can come about through laying down my life, submitting my life, submitting my wants and desires 
to what scripture teaches. Like, like that's, that's what is going to lead to me giving my best for God. And the scripture that comes to mind is in James 1 that, um, that I really love. James chapter 1, when it talks about the different trials that we may have, these different temptations and trials to try to pull us off of that sacred timeline, right? And create these branch realities. Um, I'm getting really in the weeds here. But create these branch realities of us following our sinful nature versus following the Spirit. I love James chapter 1 and verse 2 where it says, Consider it a pure joy, my brothers. I'm reading the NIV. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. And again, again it goes and talks about, you know, when you ask, you believe, and, and, and all those things. I just love the idea that that these challenges, one, my perspective is I consider it a joy, right? Um, the obstacles that I go through in life, um, the decisions that are presented before me, really tough decisions, man. Am I gonna am I gonna choose to stay faithful to my wife or not stay faithful to my wife, right? Am I gonna choose to uh, be loving to my kids or hate my kids, right? Am I gonna choose to continue to live as a faithful Christian or not live as a faithful Christian? Am I gonna choose to submit my life and, and, and sacrifice, you know, the different things that I have for those who don't or not, right? These choices and these dilemmas that I may go through, these temptations that can pull me in different ways from my sacred timeline, right, uh, that God wants me on, um, I should, one, view that, these challenges, as a joy because they're testing me, they're training me, they're making me, they're they're turning me into something that is um, holier, right? Uh, again, not a works mentality type deal, but but they're maturing me. That's the word I'm looking for. They're maturing me, and even the scripture talks about that. It's maturing me into a place that in verse four says, once this perseverance finishes its work, that you will maybe you will become mature and complete, not lacking anything. That it works its way through Colossians that Paul talks about, um, where he talks about he's trying to present um, this the fellowship in terms of how he's leading them into a place that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's in a mature state, right? Uh, in Colossians 1, 28, it says, uh, he is the one proclaiming and admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, Paul talks about he's, he strenuously contend with all of his in energy. Christ so powerfully works within him, right? This idea of, of presenting us mature in Christ, um, fully uh, realized, right? Again, that's that that sacred timeline. And in some ways, kind of a, a, a predetermined state that God wants to see us in, right? But, but we have these decisions along the way that will take us closer to that state or further away from that state and i just i love the idea that james is giving us is that all these decisions along the way one we got to see it with a perspective of of a faithful perspective this is going to help me become a better version of me um so that can be 
closer to God, right? Not that I, I, I want to take confidence in, I'm a great version of me. No, I want to be closer to God. That's why I want a better version of me, so I can be closer to God. And in so doing that, and so loving and, and, and worshiping God, I will become better for other people. I will become better for myself. But first, I do it because of God, not because of me. And I just love that. I love that this faith that we have and this perseverance and this fighting these temptations to pull us to be become these darker variants of ourselves is that we've got to fight those things. And like Loki in this series, he takes this journey and he sees these other variants of himself. He sees of, of what could be in a darker sense and he chooses to be different. He chooses not to go the same path that every Loki and every dimension, infinite versions of himself decide to go. He breaks away saying, no, I want to go this way. I want to be good. I don't want to be what, um, you know, his nature wants to take him. He wants to go opposite where his nature is taking him. And to me, that is the beauty of Christianity is that I can truly change who I am. I can change and go beyond the, what the hide, uh, hard wiring, even in my own nature, tells me. Now, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to have setbacks. But man, the version that, that I am today is much different, much more mature, and not just in, the, in a life standpoint, in a spiritual standpoint, than the version I was prior to becoming a Christian. And if you're with us and you found this podcast and you're not a Christian, I really do encourage you to study the Bible. And if you don't even know where to go or where to begin, please reach out to me. All my social media connections at the bottom. I will connect with you and get you connected with some people that can help you um, to know more about God and following Jesus and and, and what that means. But in, in my personal revelation of all of this and watching this season, I just thought that really helped my faith as I was looking at Loki, again, in a very general sense. I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, Loki's not, you know, a reincarnation of Jesus figure, but uh, but I did walk away from the series thinking like, wow, that that is a great it's a great point to bring and to manifest in such a visual way with these variants and choices and maturity towards the end of the season and, and towards the end, Loki chooses to be a better version of himself. I thought that 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 encapsulates the Christian walk and really the Christian, you know view uh, uh, is that when we become Christians, we die to ourselves, choose God to be Lord of our lives, that's when we we really take the leap branching from a timeline that's taking us down a different place that the sinful nature wants and branching off and becoming really the, the timeline that God has always intended, that sacred timeline, because he talks about in First Timothy um, chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, that he wants all people to be saved. Like he wants us all to break away from that, the timeline and lives apart from him to choose to choose him. And so in that, man, that, that really, that is my faith in Christ. And again, I hope it encourages you. I know it was a, a mouthful. I mean, we're like 50 minutes in this, but man, this is great. Again, I hope this new format uh, isn't too confusing, is not as, uh, as cookie cutter as the other formats, but 
Um, but I like it. You know, again, I'm able to put these out much quicker. Um, and uh, just to talk, again, about these big ideas, circle around these ideas. And hopefully it helps you. Hopefully you walk away and you're like, I want to be a different version of myself, right? Uh, you know, if you're Christian and, and, and hopefully you have some people in your lives. Again, if you don't, please reach out to me. Uh, I can do what I can to really help and connect with you. If you're not a Christian and maybe you're feeling like, man, I'm tired of running into the same wall, right? Uh, I'm tired of of falling into the same things and devices um, that, that are hurting me. Um, and I, I just, I want to be different. And um, man, I want to help. Uh, and more importantly, me, Jesus wants to help. And there are uh, teachings uh, in the Bible, verses that will unlock and, and help you uh, break away from that timeline, uh, path that you may be going in, and becoming someone different. And um, man, that's so freeing because, you know, for me, I was on a branch in timeline that was a womanizer, uh, that was very hateful, uh, very prejudiced, fearful, um, just angry all the time and uh, hid a lot of those things because I was afraid to be vulnerable around people uh, from my own different things in my upbringing. And man, I was on a path. Man, that, that timeline was taking me to a very dark place very fast. And um, man, I thank God for breaking away from that timeline because that variant of Richard, I don't want to meet that person. Um, that person is, is, is just not a person I want to be around my kids. And I'm just so glad that God God has brought me to a different place, uh, and He's continually breaking, uh, bringing me to a different place. I continually make the decisions every day to not go that way and that route, and I've had to fight to to prune different things apart myself, a part of myself. Uh, Jesus even talks about this in in John uh, 15, you know, about uh, the vine the true vine, right? And, and there's parts of me pruning myself so I can stay on the, the path, uh, the timeline that's going to bring health and healing, not only to myself, but to my wife, to my family, uh, to my future. So, um, and in so doing, again, ultimately, um, it's just pleasing God above my life. So that is the the, the podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Um, this is really fun. Uh, I love the for, the new format and being more informal kind of discussion. But uh, if you want to find out more about my ministry, you can click on, again, the social links down below. Check out my lesson sermons and other material to help your walk with God. Um, again, thanks again for joining uh, me um, in Movie Ministry Podcast. I'm the movie minister, R.S. Buckner. And uh, wherever you're listening, at home um, or at work or at school, you know, things are kicking up. I mean, it's really summertime, but things are kicking up. Uh, commuting, I hope, uh, you stick around and continue to support us by telling everybody 